What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain All right, here we are with the special edition of the Warrior Poet Podcast, straight out of the jungle, here with my longtime good friend, Bodie Miller. We're about 30 minutes from embarking on a journey with Maestro Orlando Chuhandama um, to experience my uh, fifth time drinking, uh, second major trip, however, but for, uh, for Bodie... This is your your first experience going down to the jungle, although you're a bit of a journeyman yourself. I'd have I to am. Say. I've sort of been on the, on the search for quite some time for the right the right uh, you know mindset or even people or substances that allow me to to sort of figure stuff out and, and sort through um, my objectives, my goals, you know, my my desires, all my stuff. So you know, I, I really have been on that quest for for quite a while, and I'm pretty excited to you know, especially after seeing the the transformation that you sort of made. Uh, coming out of the time where you came down here and and uh i mean I'm, I'm really excited to give it a try and and see um you know see what i can get through yeah absolutely you know i was in a similar position uh that you were this time last year you know i'd had my own vision quest a few of them a little more guided uh than yourself which is just you know somewhere out in the desert in the middle of nowhere i had a little bit more uh, a little bit more tutelage as as i was going but but very similar very kind of free-flowing and uh not with any particular masters i would say more just you know guides and friendly teachers and things like that and then of course experiencing on my own but this is a this is a different program you know this is that unbroken lineage with a medicine and a jungle and a plant yeah, that yeah, these you, people you know really see, well you can really see the guys kind of you know they, they have a, a certain amount of of um you know openness to what everyone brings to the table but they also come equipped with knowledge and experience and, and like you said it's not just theirs it's come from thousands of years of of practice and training so they know you know, it's that's one of the things that blows me away about things that you know that come from human um, experience that are that old. You know, whether it's uh, you know the, the, some of the zodiac signs or some of the some of the stuff that comes out of the Far East or or stuff like this down here. It's just uh, you know it's such a different different thing when you know most people we know and see and interact with are dealing with just their life experiences. If they were lucky enough, they had a father or grandfather or grandmother mm-hmm. or mother who who passed some stuff down or shared stuff, but really, you know, in our culture right now, that's a really a lost art of, of really passing down information so that each person isn't just left on their own to fend for themselves and acquire yeah. what information they can. And, you know, it's it, with these guys, you really get a sense of, of that, that responsibility and the knowledge and the, the privilege that they see it as. They see it as a, a privilege of sharing all that heritage and the information with, with people who, who can benefit from it. And, you know, it's, it's a really, it's pretty, pretty interesting, pretty intense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's we're lucky in in our day and age if our, you know, grandparents pass a little bit of honor, you know, pass a few lessons about morality maybe, but as far as knowledge, you know, we're in such a culture where knowledge is so information based at this point. You know, there's very few traditions that that you learn yeah, from they your elders. You to go to school and get your knowledge, and that's just so far yeah. from <laughs> yeah. so far from my belief system of how knowledge should and, and can be acquired. You know, at least as far as efficiently and and enjoyably. I mean, you know, it's so nice and fun to to hear, um, you know, anecdotal stories, but but especially really specific 
um, you know, information that sometimes comes from five or six hundred years before. It just never, just never happens that way where there's a, a direct line, you know, where it's not just hearsay. It's not somebody else read it out of a book. It's, it's as if it was personal experiences. And, you know, this, this kind of situation is, is one of the ways that you can transmit that kind of personal experience really well. And it's been a desire of mine, you know, my whole life to be able to, to communicate more clearly and more articulately and, and to pass on the things that I want to express, um, with with some efficiency and and uh-huh. and uh you know it's it's i think this is one of the one of the tools that could potentially really make a, a huge impact on that yeah well i've seen it firsthand you know i mean the impact that this one experience made on me um obviously for those of you who've been listening to me and following me obviously the aboga experience was another great one but this was the main this was the main one that really set me on a different path both personally spiritually uh, in business and all aspects of my life, it was something completely out of the ordinary of what you can expect. You know, I think some of the other things that you do, like, you know, mushrooms are great. They can be kind of a reset and kind of a little balance, but just the depth that, uh, that this medicine in particular brings is something pretty unique. And then, you know, even though I'm a, something of a veteran going into this, not, not so much compared to when, when you talk about some of the people who live down here and really work with the medicine, but you know, having done it a while still, you know, it's butterflies in the stomach, 30 minutes to onset, you know, it's getting ready for a, an experience where you don't know exactly where it's going to take you and you don't know what to expect. But, um, I feel myself nonetheless, you know, craving it, you know, like I really, my body wants to cleanse, my mind needs to cleanse. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, taking that journey over the other side. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had, uh, you know, any experience with it in the past, but, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously talking to, to Aubrey about it and, and uh, from my research and stuff, I, I, I feel like I don't get the butterflies because I don't know the true depth of it, but I've, <laughs> on my own, on my own explorations I've done in the past, I really, you know, I don't, I don't have the same kind of anxiety that some people get, but I, I do find uh, a special bit of enthusiasm. It's a real it's a real desire to, to explore. I feel like an explorer going to somewhere where you don't, you know, you don't know. Sometimes I yep. just trying to meditate or think I can find parts of my brain or depths of my thought that I didn't really, haven't really addressed entirely. And th- these are the, these are the instances where you get those laid out in front of you, um, like a map. I mean, they're just clear as day and you can explore them at will. You can go back and forth between two. You draw connections between thoughts and ideas you had 15 years ago to ones that you're going to have in five years. And, it's just a really, you know, that excites me because I, I've, I, you know, it's something that I think everybody struggles with is trying to make everything clear and, and, and easy to access in your brain. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm just super psyched to have a chance to, uh, you know, to have, to have that, you know, that stuff laid out in front of me where I can really do some exploring. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, another thing that you'll learn is, is you kind of go along this journey. If any of anybody else is going to embark on the same path is even, when you're about to do it, when you're preparing to do it, you'll start to feel some of the changes happening. Yeah. I mean, just the preparations yeah, that your mind and body that go and through readying it. yourself. I mean, even just if you don't know exactly what you're doing, just readying yourself. Once you've heard, heard people speak about it and stuff, it, it becomes, uh, it really is second nature to, to people. I mean, it's, yeah. it's no, it's no surprise that every, every advanced culture has some, some form of yeah, this. It's been a huge part of our evolution. Um, and it really is, it's, it's in there already, but as soon as you start knowing you're going down that, that way, your body starts and your mind starts preparing you for uh-huh. it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's really cool. All right. Well, Bodie, my brother, we're, uh, we're about at that time. So we will check back in with you and, uh, give a report after the first plunge oh, oh, <laughs> to the other insights. side. Absolutely. All right. All right. Here we are, day two, preparing for uh, another night. We got a, only a few moments here because Bodhi's off to see Maestro Panduro somewhere out on the beach, and uh, hopefully take a full 
canteen big gulp of ayahuasca this time because last night was uh for me a very physical journey for Bodhi a very uh sleepy journey <laughs> as um as the uh the ayahuasca did not create the fireworks that perhaps we were anticipating yeah it was uh I was prepared as best I thought, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, so I, I went in a pretty open mind and, and uh, just kind of waited it out and see, see where things went, and after about an hour, uh, no, no nausea, I'd heard some people starting to throw up and stuff, and I had no, no effects whatsoever, I had no, <laughs> I was doing, I was sort of into the chanting, and the, the chanting and the whistling was, I thought, uh, amazing, really cool and fun, but, um, but not so much for the or, you know anything beyond fun you know i could we did that at my tennis camp too um which was fun but um so i went back up and got a, a second second cup which she hooked me right up with and and uh and that one had had equal effect <laughs> left left me left me equally high so. and dry but i did it, it was it was fun to uh to be there and I, you know just just the you know the time of meditation kind of and just and just relaxing was i thought great but but as far as uh getting the real effect of it I'm, I'm holding out for tonight yeah for me you know I, i've been with the same shaman this was the fourth time and uh very different experience i certainly had some strong physical effects as uh, could be attested to by the sounds yeah, coming yeah. out of the uh he, he, the, the he's, he's purging cleansing <laughs> yeah. both ends so um for me i feel fucking awesome today but you know those those stories like you've all heard before um you know not too many of those from last night uh, but we'll see about tonight. I think we're both going in separate ways. I'm sticking with the dragon. Bodhi's going to be out with uh, Panduro, which just sounds like hard bread to me. And I think he's going to going to give him the uh, the business. So the hard bread. <laughs> that's what the, that's what you're in store for. So um, good luck, my brother. I'll probably check in with you guys here and uh, on my own here in a second. But then uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, account the details of the adventure. That is a not. That is not an ample amount of toilet paper you're bringing for what may happen at the Off beach. To the river. <laughs> All right. Adios for now. I'm just gonna shake it dry. All right, so here I am checking in again on my own, smoking a little tobacco pipe. Uh, tobacco is a very symbiotic uh, plant with ayahuasca. Now, granted, the tobacco that the shamans smoke in the jungle is quite a bit different than the tobacco we get in the West. It's actually a different species, kind of like uh, marijuana has cannabis uh, sativa and cannabis indica, uh, which have, you know, uh, dramatically different effects for the people who can tell the difference. I don't happen to be one of those people, but um, same thing with the tobacco plant. I don't know the exact species names, but regardless, it's one of the things that even on the strictest diet or dieta, uh, which usually includes you know no heavy meats, no fried, no fried, no dairy, no fermented, no cheese cheese obviously being fermented, no alcohol, um, is all part of the ayahuasca diet. Uh, but tobacco, on the other hand, is uh, something that you know, the shamans will smoke during ceremony and um, is not frowned upon um, if you are smoking. You know, caveat being the tobacco they're talking about are hand-rolled uh, jungle, you know, tobacco plants that grow live right out of the jungle. So it's a much different thing than, you know, getting a pack of Marlboro Reds and just giving it hell uh, during your ceremony. Uh, but me, I'm smoking a little pipe tobacco. 
um, which is uh, you know, hopefully some kind of compromise there in the middle. Not sure exactly, but <laughs> give it a go. Um, but anyways, yeah, la yesterday was pretty interesting. You know, I've worked with Orlando three times, and all three times have had pretty dramatic, um, you know, kind of fireworks, a lot of visions, and, you know, the purging came as well. But it was always accompanied by some very intense uh, visuals, and that just didn't come yesterday. Uh, drank a full cup. Uh, admittedly, the cup tasted a little bit less thick and and fiery, as uh, as I recalled it. But you know that isn't to say that it um, it shouldn't have had the effect. So you have really two options here. One option is you know I've I've been in pretty serious need of a cleanse. Um, I just haven't felt healthy. I've been uh, spending some time in Las Vegas. I've had some emotional, you know, turbulence at the, the breakup of my, uh, myself and my fiance and some, you know, family issues and some other things that have all kind of weighed on me this year and haven't really had a lot of opportunity to unpack that. So that creates some kind of toxic environment in you, and as well as, of course, um, you know, what comes with Vegas, which is, you know, late nights and a lot of drinking and strip clubs and, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole charade that, uh, that happens when you're out there, um, you know, really kind of dropping me at a point where I needed a physical cleanse. And that's exactly what I got. I mean, I, uh, I was nauseous the whole time. Um, it kind of relented around hour two, picked right back up as soon as we packed up our stuff. And I just hit the room, hit the cabin here and, uh, and let it rip. I mean, it was, it was savage, uh, what I was doing to the toilet there. Um, but, uh, you know, and then today, I feel the best I've felt in weeks. You know, got a good swim in, eating really clean food here in the jungle. Uh, we went on a little uh, 4K jungle run out to this lake, and, and uh, that was really nice. So, you know, I'm feeling great, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, some of the fireworks come. And, you know, even, you know, man, I'd love to get back to that place I got to last time that they call, you know, the eighth dimension, that place where everything in my life is completely lucidly clear and, I can see, you know, it's just real magic when you reach that level. But at this point, after last night, which, you know, I can't help but feel a bit like it was uh, something of a dud, um, you know, I'm hoping to at least get back to a, a very visual place where I can, you know, take back some lessons and some teachings from the visions themselves. But, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in the medicine and trust in the shaman and, uh, and hope that the uh, the ayahuasca, you know, gives me tonight what I need. And, um, you know, certainly if I am being impartial, you know, what I needed last night more than the visions was uh, a physical uh, purge and a physical improvement. And I certainly got that. So um, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Bodhi's experience out on the beach, um, I think he was getting a lot more physical uh, effects and he then he realized as well but hopefully out on the beach he starts to get some of the magic that can come with ayahuasca um the other the other you know possibility that i have to be open to is just that the for whatever reason the crop of leaves or vine that was used in the preparation um was just not as active as uh it was last year and that can certainly happen i mean this is not these are not farm-raised, you know, farm-grown uh, crops. These are harvested, wild-harvested from the jungle, and the variance in them can be extreme. So, you know, it's one of the risks um, working with the natural plants. But, um, you know, these these uh, these guys really know what they're doing, and it was a pretty spectacular ceremony put on by Maestro Orlando the Dragon yesterday. So that was very enjoyable and and uh man i do feel fucking great today so you know <laughs> I'm, I'm i have no personal regrets i just hope that it uh you know brings out some uh brings out some of the magic that uh that i experienced last time so i will check in with you guys tomorrow and so will Bodhi, and uh hopefully we'll have some more to report here from the uh here from the jungle and the madre de dios in uh in peru adios on day two
All right, here we are at day three, having had a uh, more successful evening the previous evening. Um, I certainly had a pretty powerful experience. Uh, Bodie hopped off and went to the beach with, uh, with Mr. Hardbread himself. So, Bodie, uh, why don't you start with how uh, how your experience kind of kind of went out there under the stars, taking some ayahuasca with Panduro. Yeah, Panduro is just a totally different uh, different vibe. He's one of the shaman who who taught himself. He he went out in the jungle and and did his own his own initiation process. It took him a, a, f- a few years actually out in the jungle by himself, just doing ayahuasca and trying to get in touch with this this whatever it is the spirits or however it is that they that they do it. He kind of described it to us yesterday, but it sounded um, you know a little bit a little bit convoluted at least in my mind, but. He he definitely runs a, a different program than Orlando does, um, and the music I would say was a big distraction for me. His singing and and his whistling was was just much harder for me to for me to process. But but the actual experience overall was was pretty much the reason I came down here. At least at least to a large degree, I definitely um, had to do more of the work. I think that was one of the one of the kind of breakthroughs. I, I hadn't ever experienced ayahuasca before, obviously, and and uh to to recognize you know in the past anytime i did something it was me just sort of directing the thought and channeling things where i wanted them to go um and in this case it definitely requires more legwork on your part you really have to as if you're just sitting alone in your room at home thinking through a, you know a couple problems or or what direction you want your life to go in and, and that kind of thing um and then once you once you commit the energy and the time and start really revealing revealing yourself to yourself uh, it seems like the ayahuasca kind of kind of steps in there and, and gives you some direction and and can help point things in one way or another that maybe you wouldn't be able to think of really uh, on your own. So that was that was kind of a big breakthrough because I haven't really had any any situation like that where I was so determined to figure stuff out and 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 you know had to do the legwork on my own without without really knowing which direction it was going to go. So that was. It was cool. It was just uh, super distracting with all the people down there. It was really, I spent most of the time laughing hysterically um, <laughs> at the different people, you know, just crapping their brains out all all over on the beach and, and puking and stuff. I mean, that was that was definitely uh, definitely pretty good comedy. But uh, overall, I would say it was, a, it was a real big success, and we're going to go for it again tonight with Orlando and hopefully bring that lesson in there and let him sort of hopefully shape, shape the, the direction of things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the first experience I had was pretty intensely strong with the visuals. Um, you know, that was, that was last year. And, uh, and, you know, you you tend to, you tend to forget that, you know, any kind of DMT experience like this, uh, ayahuasca, sometimes it's pretty ephemeral, you know, it'll come and go to you and it'll slip in and out and i think the the idea of doing the work yourself is an important idea it reminds me of what actually the aboga shaman um told me right before i went under i I wasn't i didn't feel like i was feeling the effects at first they just hadn't at that point they hadn't actually happened to kick in and he kept asking me these to visualize things and see things and finally i got there but just totally just kind of imagining it with my mind and like making it happen and he said you know that's the lesson i wanted to teach you that you don't need a boga to get the truth of your answers you know um but you know obviously certainly when you have it uh, it's a great ally there as well but i think part of the teaching was just the process so whether it's a boga or ayahuasca it's the same thing you know you can push your mind to find the depth and you know see the other perspectives see it you know see around the walls that look impermeable but then from a slight angle you realize that they're you know a a different obstacle that you can certainly pass so i think that's definitely one of the lessons uh of ayahuasca and and anything really it was definitely a little bit um a little bit of a, a revisiting for me of of some of the concepts i'm a i'm a real talker i like talking to my friends about issues and and i talk you know i, I do a lot of um introspection just sort of talking to myself um whether it's in my head or out loud or writing just trying to figure out uh you know trying to work through problems or you know it seems to really help me to verbalize things um but again i'm always confronted by the by the uh the challenge of a lot of the more complex issues or more important issues that i face or that people face in general just don't really fit into words very well a lot of them are are very emotion based or the the concepts are so um broad that by the time you get halfway through trying to describe the the thing um you know the person who's listening or or even yourself you get so distracted by by little ancillary things and or by past experiences that link onto those it's hard to keep a, a a complete thought long enough to get the whole picture out without 
without sort of having it dissolve in front of your face. And I think um, it sort of revisited how how important or why the visions or why the, the assistance of some of these some of these um, you know some of these medicines are are so helpful is that you get whole concepts and whole ideas in 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 vision in in, in pictures that. Um, you know, they say a picture can paint a thousand words, and this is more like a uh, hundred thousand words. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're getting moving motion pictures of of scenarios and circumstances that can lay out concepts that are critical for for you to learn or for you to figure out um, in ways that are totally easy to absorb and and, and uh, extrapolate whatever information you need from without any of the of the you know hazards of trying to put you know really complex emotional debacles into words. So. Um, you know, it was fun for me to kind of revisit that because I, I get a lot of that of like, why, why don't you just think of it or why can't you just do it with talking or why can't, you know, that is the real, the real hurdle for us is we are very verbal and, you know, each person has their own experiences. So to try to communicate ideas or to try to process an idea so it's fully developed and you really have a good handle on it to the point where it gives you confidence and you can live by it, um, you know, sometimes these visions, they, they really can make a huge Impact and once you have ownership of it, it lasts for the rest of your life, and it can yeah. you, you can use it to shape everything from that point on. But um, you know, sometimes that picture really is is a thousand words. Yeah, there's there's so many things. We're funny creatures. There's so many things that we know, you know, that we that we really do know on a just a simply cognitive level. You know, how we should live, what we should do, what our issues are. But until you actually kind of see it laid out for you and feel it in every cell, which is what you know these medicines can do they can make you believe it 100 percent in every bone and every fiber of your body you won't really be able to put those into practice and you won't be able to or really if you apply can, that it's just a matter of discipline rather than a matter of course you know like yeah. you can you can force yourself to if you but it's never natural well some know? people can right but right some, some people can and, and yeah. everyone can into one degree or another with one little thing or another but some of the more um, demanding and complex issues, uh, people just slip way too easy. And you know, if you can, if you can see it in front of you, yeah, it becomes a part of how you are, and it becomes, you know, it elevates your your sort of mind to a different place. And then you, you know, it becomes a completely natural process of how to live and how to do do different things and how to act and how to treat people. And that's, you know, that's a, obviously a, a huge leap that you can make all in one sort of one step, which I think is, yeah, is, uh, you know, very that's, that's the whole, yeah, that's the value of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, there is some ideas that I learned that I, I'm certain will stick with me for the rest of my life. And they weren't necessarily things that I couldn't have cognitively or philosophically thought about, but, um, it, it, I was somehow kind of blind to them and how I was taught them last night, um, was a kind of a visitation by, you know, three different, like, animal beings i guess you could say and and the first one was a huge you know huge blue and green dragon that was made of like light and energy and uh, it was kind of like ghost-like and it came right in front of me and in a booming voice it says um you know it started challenging me and challenging some fundamental beliefs that i would just say uh, out of rote you know just be like oh yeah this is this is what I believe, but it started challenging those kind of concepts and principles about myself. And in doing so, uh, showed me some really, you know, valuable insight that I'll, I'll certainly be able to take and an insight too. That's, you know, it was, it was kind of double-edged, you know, I, I got it and I realized like, Oh shit, you know, this changes how I view my actions, you know, the things that I've been doing. And it's not in a way where you want to, you know, punish yourself, but, you know, you have to come to terms with the fact that you haven't quite lived up to um, what the best person you could be is. And yeah, that's what, that's what not you, easy. You think your established standards were. It's a very humbling experience because, and that's why I think the, the sort of the crux of this experience down here is for most people is, um, you know, to show them, to show them who they really are to take a hard look in the mirror and you know your subconscious again like you know you said that it was the dragon that that told you that and that's that's probably one of your most powerful you know sort of internal uh, mechanisms it it Mm -hmm. represents how you know how strong and how powerful you you view yourself and all the the proud parts and all the really knowledgeable and you know those are and and for that part of you to be chosen to to speak those things it's your subconscious really you know obviously it's it's producing all that and it's asking Mm -hmm. you the very difficult questions that without maybe coming from that side of your perspective you know or your personality maybe you wouldn't have answered the questions as as honestly you know maybe you would have said yeah of course i like to do everything you know i I like to be a good person blah blah and 
and you wouldn't have dug a little bit deeper, but coming sure. from that side of your subconscious in dragon form, uh, you felt like it deserved, you know, it, it demanded really more than deserved. It demanded the, the honest answer. And that's when you have to, you know, you have to look at yourself yeah. a little bit extra hard. And that's, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. When you're staring at the face of a snarling dragon, that's <laughs> eight times the size of you. And it's looking at you with a mean look. It's uh, it's a little harder. You give it the straight you, answer. Yeah. You give it, you give it the full honest answer. You know, you completely expose expose absolutely what you feel and i think that was important now of course you know the the shamans there's a lot of people who argue that the dragon itself is a real being uh but you know i think uh to hedge to hedge our bets i think the uh the bodhi's idea of it being part of the subconscious is probably uh the most likely but you know some crazy stuff happens you know it certainly didn't feel like me it didn't seem like me it seemed like he had his own agenda like he was his own person but i could see very easily how and, and probably most likely how that was a manifestation of uh, some aspect of, of myself. And again, you know, the, they, they talk a little bit about the collective consciousness down here and, and the link between everybody else. And when you, when you have, um, you know, when you have uh, shamans around directing uh, the ceremony and stuff, they really can, you know, they're, they're putting out a bunch of energy, whether that's, um, you know, through the, the previous talks they've had about the different spirit animals that they, that they envision for different aspects of life or different aspects of their personality, you know, they do plant the seeds and you know how mm -hmm. subconscious people are. And there's, there's just, you know, if people are looking for information or they're looking for a, a feeling, you know, obviously the, the things that are planted in there, their subconscious things are the ones that tend to leap out. That's just, you know, that's just the way it is. But also combine that with a collective consciousness of people who are all, in a very uh, visually hallucinogenic state, and uh, and you have people's nightmares, you have people's um, you know worst fears, which you know in, in the case of Aubrey and myself, you know I, I don't really feel any fear when I'm when I'm in those states, yeah, no matter sure. how vicious Likewise. the thing in my <laughs> in my face is. Sometimes it can stimulate a, a different response, maybe like it did with him, where it was maybe a little bit more honest answer than if it was coming from a little butterfly that landed on your arm. But <laughs> but at the same time, there's no fear for me, and I think you know part of the manifestation of some of these visions certainly can come from the people that are around you because we are in big groups, and and a lot of the people you can really hear are suffering and are going through. Uh, very traumatic kind of nightmarish things and uh and, you know they come out in the end and feel very um enlightened and relieved and and um you know and and they feel like they they can regain some purpose through that but you know i think it is a bit of a different experience for aubrey and myself yeah i mean this is now now especially i mean uh, uh the very first experience here in peru I mean, it wasn't didn't really draw up a, a sense of fear but it was certainly nightmarish i mean i had bugs crawling in my skin and exploding i had snakes eating me organ by organ from the inside out i was sliding down vines of spikes naked it was like it was like the worst shit i could think of but it was really trying to teach me to you know accept my death and the, la the lack of importance of the physical body that we have i mean it was basically just destroying that and saying Hey, you know, see, this really isn't that important after all, you know, all of this, all of this body that you're so concerned about. It's, you know, it's nice to have, but, you know, let's destroy that, kill it, get rid of it and, uh, and get you to, uh, to move past it. So, um, you know, but again, the attitude, if you try and resist that and fight it, that's when it becomes a bad experience. You know, you're trying to hold on and make it not so. You want the ayahuasca to stop. You want yeah. the vision or, to stop. Yeah. Or if you just, that's even, when it makes it just, hurt. even if you just let your fears, you know, really take control, you know, in that sense, you, you kind of got to, there's a part of you that has to sort of be above it, you know, because it, again, it's, I think it has to do with letting go of your fears. I, I mean, letting go of your fear of death, which is the yep. end, end result fear, because pain and things like that are, are obviously existent for everyone. Everybody fears pain to a certain degree, but, mm -hmm. um, but the real fear at the end of the tunnel is, is death. And that's, you know, when you're, when you're confronted with dragons or with lions or bears or snakes or, you know the ending the end result of all that would be would be death and as soon as you get past that fear all of a sudden it's kind of like let things happen and you, you then all of a sudden your your visions and stuff like that can become more instructive and more like you know you're kind of there as a bystander as opposed to like some victim of like all these horrible nightmares and horrible circumstances and you, you yeah. really see people who just can't get that separation even though you know they're so fearful all the time and and these these terrible um you know visions they they really do contain potential death for them and that's yeah. you know that's scary and 
And I think that's one of the lessons that they try to teach down here is to, is, is to overcoming that fear of death and allowing yourself to sort of learn from the visions without just, uh, you know, being so freaked out that you're just trying to escape all the time. Cause that really is a no, it's a no win situation. Yeah, exactly. Plus exactly. I, I got enough done last night down on the beach that I, was able to to execute a strategically perfect game of chess today, so I, I feel like that was <laughs> like that was definitely a, yeah, another def- breakthrough. It did, it did turn your chess game around. <laughs> I think I might have might be losing two games in one day, which is not a good place to be at. But uh, that's that's right. Somebody had to win game three, right? So um, we are uh, we're off to do uh, our third session. We we sort of haphazardly found out that tonight's going to be the last night we'll be able to do a, a ceremony. So. Um, you know, this is going to be the kind of closer deal. I'm sort of excited just because I think I learned more about the process last night, so I, I'm going to know a little bit more how to go deeper tonight, whereas the first night I think I just kind of blew it just because I didn't know what the, what the experience was and, and how much work I had to do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. We're going back with Orlando, so I'm psyched to see the dragon tonight. I'm going I'm oh, to try yeah. to steal the bottle and chug the whole thing. <laughs> well, we'll get after it and uh, report to you guys tomorrow. Later. actually on the banks of the Madre de Dios River. Moon in the sky, a southern cross right in front of my head. Um, it's been a been a very interesting and trip, you know, and a lot different than uh, the last trip I took down here. Um, you know, different messages, different intensities. Um, I can't help but wonder if the... Uh, if the brew had changed a little bit, I think it might have been a little too much to handle for uh, for this group. So I think they might have dialed it back. I mean, there was uh, <laughs> there was a lot of people who were cracking in the ceremonies last time, and this time there was a lot more people who didn't feel very much at all, um, including my good friend Bodie, um, who had a nice experience out here in the jungle, but you know none of the fireworks that ayahuasca has the potential to bring. Um, but you know, I'm I'm very happy that uh, that I made the journey. I certainly got a lot out of it. My third session, I got um, quite uh, tranquilo, as they say, drunk on the ayahuasca. I was feeling it really strong. But you know, there wasn't any um, the visions that came the night before. You know, the dragon and the bear and the eagle and talking to me and opening this dialogue. That was it. Was much different yesterday. Yesterday, it was like I was just resting on the ground floor of some ancient jungle, you know, I mean, like this jungle, but more primeval, more pristine, and just kind of became a part of the earth, and the whole hut that I was in melted away, Um, everything else melted away, I could still hear the songs of the shaman, but that was really the only thing um, that could kind of pierce the consciousness of, of where I was, and I was just sleeping on basically the the belly of the earth and um it was a really cool grounding experience and i feel more alive and more like myself today than uh than i have in a long time um you know i mean to close the ceremony too uh you know i've gotten to be pretty close with maestro orlando and uh he usually purifies everybody with uh some cinnamon at the end that he um that he blows on different parts of your, um, on your hands and on your head, and 
and as to kind of close the ritual. But for me, he took one of the uh, the black tobacco cigarettes, which are used for cleansing. Uh, they hand roll them out here. It's a different type of tobacco. I think I mentioned that already. And um, went through a very kind of detailed process of kind of pushing the smoke into different parts, um, different parts of me and kind of working. I don't know exactly what he was doing, but the end result was I got back to the room and uh, I mean, I was fucking purging stuff from ninth grade. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. At some point I was puking so hard and coughing and like, it felt like I was moving like a, like a tennis ball worth of shit out of my, like heaving it from like, I don't know, somewhere deep in my spine, and uh, it came out, and when it came to my mouth, it just exploded, and I was vomiting out of my nose and mouth, and at the same time, trying, you know, just firing away like a fire hose full of diarrhea into the toilet, I mean, it was quite a spectacle, Um, you know, so it was just incredibly powerful cleanse and purge and then I uh, you know I woke up this morning and I was walking and I saw him in the hallway and um and he had kind of a a, a bit of a shit-eating grin on his face a big smile and he he asked me how um how things went last night and I said uh you know a, a big cleanse um you know, mucho limpia or whatever broken Spanish that I could come up with, and uh, and he started laughing because, and he says, uh, just said tobacco, you know, basically letting me know that that's what he was uh, doing for me in the special program. So, you know, there's really a lot of medicinal properties to to this me- to this plant, and I think that's why they call it, you know, medicine, and uh, they call ayahuasca Doctor Ayahuasca um, because physically I've I've really I feel like I've gone on a, you know, 20 day detox program or something. It's just uh, remarkable the effects that you can feel in a couple days of eating clean and and taking the ayahuasca every night. Um, And, you know, some really powerful lessons too and some great experiences. Um, Obviously, you know, some part of me wanted to go back to the eighth dimension, you know, that place that I was last time that was just pure magic. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get there again. It seemed like maybe it was a gift that that came once, you know, I'll, I'll certainly, um, you know, throughout my years, I'll come back and give it a try, but I don't know, judging by this experience, you know, I wasn't even really that close to getting to that level. But as I said, I think the brew was not quite as strong either. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to, hard to say exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, another, another powerful experience. I think this is, um, one of the messages I got last night was to, um, was that, you know, perhaps my time, um, you know, the time for me to keep seeking these answers and keep exploring the psychedelic realms. Um, you know, I've done enough of that for now and it's time to start, you know, sharing my experiences, uh, sharing them with others, getting more people involved and, you know, doing my best to uh, make a positive impact on the world, which is really uh, what I want to do more than anything and um, that was kind of the message you know it was you know basically saying uh, you know get out there and, and kick some ass <laughs> is uh, is kind of kind of the idea so um, that's the uh, that's the the main thrust of the report here from the jungle it's been uh, it's been a very good time um, I think uh, and then from here you know we're gonna make some make some adjustments I'm gonna try and arrange some situations that make it easier to um, to come down here and work with Maestro Orlando I think um, working with him directly is gonna result in the most powerful experiences I think he might have been limited by the group that I was uh, going with down here so I'm gonna be working on that um, you know, I'll make that easily, readily available, how to get in touch with him, and then hopefully also um, maybe even set up some seminars and stuff to come down here and do it, because, uh, you know, the medicine has real magic and, and real healing properties as well. Uh, but I think, you know, ultimately, 
ayahuasca is a piece to the puzzle and you know we're in a, a day and age and a time where technology and and the world well basically the world's gotten smaller and you know we have access to things like you know iboga from africa and ayahuasca from south america and you know the mushrooms from north america and you know i think there's a place in peyote of course and, and all the other medicines there's so many medicines around and each has their intrinsic value and uh, you know, I think ayahuasca is definitely the most physically healing and the most grounding. I mean, there's nothing, nothing I've done that makes you feel more like yourself, you know, when you're finished than ayahuasca, like your real true self, uh, stripping away all the bullshit, all the ego, all the fear, and just brings out you at the very fundamental level and uh, nothing else can do that um, if you're looking for straight up answers you know you're looking to solve problems and get every answer you have answered boga, like hands fucking down you know I mean there are some answers here that I was looking for that just didn't come um, no guidance on it you know the, the the ayahuasca has kind of a a bit of a mind of its own you know it's not the easiest thing to control and and um and force to to yield the answers that you're looking for um it usually does but it won't get everything but iboga on the other hand you know you have a list of questions you're getting a list of answers and it's a different different ball game um you know and every as i said everything has its value so you know, hopefully, um, you know, all you guys can reach out to me, and uh, if you have any questions about anything, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, know that part of my calling is to be a, a bit of a guide, you know, someone who's gone out there and, and you know, done it, done as much as I can, and uh, shared it as honestly as I could, and, um, you know, hopefully there'll, there'll be some benefit, because I think in the time and the, in the age that we live, which is so ungrounded and so challenging, um, you know, going back to the old medicines that connect you with the earth, connect you with spirit, and give you answers to your complicated, increasingly complicated lives are more valuable than ever. And, um, you know, who knows what this whole 2012 thing is about. But I do know that when enough people believe something, then it becomes real. And, um, you know, enough people believe that 2012 is a time of change and is a shift. And because enough people believe it, uh, it will be. And, you know, I think we need to pay heed to that and uh, and do our best to be to be leaders when times are confusing and things are challenging so that's it checking out warrior poet aubrey marcus from the jungle um and uh i will be back back online and in the saddle on uh july 2nd or so and that's uh hopefully not too not too long after that is when uh this will be released so all the best much love later Here we are with a postscript to the ayahuasca journey down in Peru. Um, you know, it was funny. I was having a, a lunch yesterday with, uh, with Mitch Schultz of DMT, the spirit molecule. And, uh, you know, as soon as I told him I just got back from Peru, he, he kind of got a smile on his face. And he said, um, so uh, how's reintegration going? 
and you know I smiled as well and you know it's because it's always a challenge and uh, for those of us who've you know been over to the other side a few times we realize that this is one of the most challenging aspects of doing any kind of journey is bringing that kind of higher frequency that higher consciousness the higher um, state of being that you attain when you're out on one of these journeys and integrating that with your normal day-to-day life. Um, you know, the emails pile up, the phone calls, the demands, the traffic, everything, the, the just the general pace and aggravation of our normal lives is not very conducive to maintaining, um, you know, all of the gains that you made on your spiritual journey. So, of course, you know, myself, no exception to this. It's been, um, you know, been a challenge as it always is. Um, you know, I'm completely out of communication for five days, and you come back, and you got a, a little mini mountain that you got to work through. And, um, you know, there's some ways that you can help, help yourself uh, kind of keep that great grounded feeling and, and uh, the kind of positive energy that, that you've had. I mean, certainly that's where meditation comes in. Um, a lot of the shamans recommend spending some time by a fire. Uh, there's certainly a kind of mesmerizing and meditative aspect to being around a fire in the first place. Um, and then, you know, also doing your best to keep a clean diet when you return as well. So you're not bombarding yourself physically with things that are going to kind of detract from the state that you've been in. Uh, so I've been, you know, doing my best to try those things as well. Um, but really, you know, um, it was a pretty remarkable trip out there to out there to Peru, and and definitely the things that I learned will certainly stay with me. You know, I mean, the messages from from the dragon, the messages from the bear, the messages from the eagle, which, you know, I'll get to talk in, in more detail on the Joe Rogan experience. I don't want to spoil the whole story <laughs> before I head out there and talk to Joe. Uh, but, you know, those messages will never leave me. Um, you know, the kind of physical cleanse I felt, um, you know, I'm rapidly eroding that with uh, Fourth of July cheeseburgers <laughs> and, and shit like that. But, you know, still, nonetheless, um, there's a certain level of kind of health and and um, uh, just a feeling of being cleansed that was pretty fantastic and will stay with me as well. But, you know, it is a challenge to keep that kind of consciousness going and that that real sense of being grounded that you attain when you're out there. Uh, there's another, you know, another kind of thought I had, and that's regarding ayahuasca in general. You know, since this was the first journey I did after my aboga journey, it really helped kind of clarify the differences for me between the two, uh, between ayahuasca and aboga. Um, you know, I, this ayahuasca trip in particular left me with a lot of questions that were unanswered, um, things that I was seeking that I never got to find a concrete answer for. I mean, I would get these visions, and these visions were like riddles. Um, a lot of times, I mean, uh, for example, I mean, one of these times I was having this vision of taking this long Viking rowing ship, and I was rowing with all of these, uh, what I don't know, Viking-type people, and we were rowing on the ocean, and there was a moon ahead, and all of a sudden we peeled out out of the ocean and started heading straight towards the moon. And, you know, we're going faster and further towards the moon. And I was getting bathed in this blue light and it felt amazing. Um, and then this purple orb comes floating down from the moon. And it's floating towards me as we're rowing through the air in some kind of airship. Um, and the orb goes right in front of my face. And I open my mouth and I swallow it. <laughs> and um, it seemed incredibly significant at the time. I was like, whoa, I swallowed the orb. Yes. You know, like it was some some video game, you know, some some modern Pac-Man. But, you know, what the hell does that mean? You know, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think it maybe had something to do with taking in the feminine energy of the moon. But um, shit, who knows? You know, and and so you get a lot of things like that that you're left just wondering, like, what the hell was that, you know? And uh, with the boga, you don't get that. The boga just tells you straight up in your own words, you know, what what it wants to tell you. You know, there's no mystery there. There's no confusion. It's just, you know, this is what's up. This is the truth. You know, 
And uh, here you go. But at the same time, a boga leaves you feeling like, you know, you've just done a three-day bender in Vegas. I mean, you feel like shit. Um, you're kind of wired up. Your serotonin levels are whack because you haven't slept in days. You're, you know, your mind has gone through an incredible positive transformation and that kind of permeates your body but you don't feel good at all whereas with ayahuasca you come back from that feeling like a million bucks you know i mean you feel like i felt you know just cleansed and healthy and uh really some of the best i've ever felt so you know there's certainly pros and cons to um to to both both medicines you know i would say that if you have a lot of content and a lot of questions that you need answered and you need concrete answers and you're prone to um confusing thoughts you know iboga is the way to go for sure if you feel you know off center and want to expand your consciousness and feel grounded and reconnect with uh with spirit and reconnect with the earth ayahuasca is the one for you so both are incredibly valuable tools and incredibly valuable medicines and um you know, I feel very grateful and blessed that I've uh, had the opportunity to experience both and, and a second opportunity to go down to Peru and, and make that happen. Um, you know, in the, in the meantime, I'll be, uh, you know, looking, uh, one of my, one of my next projects I'm going to be looking at is some of the, some of the legal entheogens that are available. Um, I'm going to be kind of exploring those and I'll give you guys a heads up if I find anything that, um, you know, that really makes sense and can help, help people get there without breaking the law. Of course, that's the optimal way to do it. Um, and you know, it's sometimes challenging to get, to get these substances, um, here in the States. And it's certainly very cost prohibitive to have to travel down to South America or Central America, uh, to do them as well. So hopefully we'll find some, you know, intermediary solutions for you guys as well. So that's going to be one of my big projects coming up. But uh, so, yeah, I got the um, I have Mitch Schultz coming on next. He should be uh, should be a podcast on next Wednesday. And uh, that is Wednesday, the 11th, I believe. And then from there, I go on the Joe Rogan experience on the 16th. And I will tell the full tale of the ayahuasca journey, including all the visions and my discussions with the bear, the dragon and the eagle. So thanks for listening, everybody. Much love, and I will be in touch with you soon. Hit me up if you have any questions or any comments or anything. I love hearing from you guys. Adios.